in a world driven by selfies and social media, where empathy and entrepreneurs are considered contradictory. One podcast has set out to put empathy back in the boardroom by hearing from the best entrepreneurs around the world. Empathize It will hear from the leaders of the digital economy and learn how the soft skills drive their business. This is the Empathize It podcast. Good morning, Ronnie. How are you? Good morning, Mordecai. I am doing really well. Happy Monday. Yeah, happy Monday to you. Uh, well, it's here already. It's almost, you know, it's, we're six o'clock at night here. Uh, but, you know, for you, it's just the start of the day, which is great. And your passion and, you know, is precedes you with so many th- different ways. Uh, your famous Ronnie Mani is the famous head of employee advocacy at Adobe. So, and, and I'm honored to be part of the Adobe um, insiders group, uh, insiders, I guess, influencers group, global influencers. So thanks again uh, for that. So, uh, you know, today we're just going to talk about some of your experiences and some of your insights about working with both as an inter- uh, influencer marketing or with, with influencers and also working as an internally kind of like with employee advocacy as well. Sound yeah. Good? Awesome. Um, so my first question is really that you mentioned recently that there's you have like a love affair with influencer marketing uh and what that and so i wanted to know to start it off with start the conversation off with what that's all about why why do you why do you call it that and what's that all about well you know i i often tell people that it is just criminal that i get to uh, that i get paid to work with amazing people like you mordecai i mean i i literally play i mean play and have amazing conversations with some of my dearest friends all day long, right? And to call that work just seems funny, right? But, uh, but the reality is that's exactly what it is, right? I mean, we have a focused team who uh, interact with influencers and cultivate and nurture those relationships. And <clears throat> it truly is a love affair just because the people are amazingly talented and um, they are kind and they are good people that I would want to be friends with, right? And so that's kind of why I lovingly call it the love affair, because I so admire all of you and I learn from you all on the daily. And to think that it's an actual body of work is ironic to me, right? So that's kind of why I refer to it that way. I love it. I love the idea. So. So now that you've kind of explained why you love the, your job, which I think is, first of all, it's a great way to start any conversation is that I love my job is a great way to start any conversation because if, if you love your job, then it's not really work, right? Um, so what's it like working with, you have a, people from literally all over the world that you're working with influencers from all different kinds of walks, backgrounds, different countries, different you know, regions. What's that like in terms of just being able to manage it in terms of getting their insights? What does that, what does that feel like to you? It's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. I feel like I have learned more in the last few years of working with this group of people more so than I have in my years of undergrad and grad school and everything else. It's like on the job learning, right? I, I have people on speed dial that become my like phone a friend or my cabinet of advisors. And um, all of you have such varied backgrounds and you bring such different perspective to the table 
I have instant diversity of thought and people that I can run ideas by and um, just learn from. And that's been remarkable. Remarkable. I love the fact that it's so such a, you know, I've only gotten just a taste of it since the last, you know, it's only been about a couple of months now, but I've got a taste of it and seeing how people are so responsive and so engaging, at least in our, you know, Twitter group or whatever, you know, Twitter group, or even on during the Adobe conference recently, it was just so amazing how people are so engaged and passionate about the product. And it's not even that the, they're, they're doing it because it's Adobe, but you know, because they're part of the program, but rather because they're so passionate about the product itself, which means that they're doing it because they really care. It's not just exactly. I think that's such a, it's such a testament to the product itself, obviously, because then they're helping the product along the way. Right, right. The product and the company and what we stand for, right? There's a lot of, there's a really good fit there. So yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things I notice about Adobe, and there's no, there's no shortage of things to say, wow, that Adobe is an amazing thing. In July, which is pretty much around the time when uh, I was fortunate enough to be invited to be part of this amazing group, is that they were ranked as one of the best companies for women employees uh, by Forbes, yeah. if, I, if I recall correctly. Um, That's what's right. it like being the face of the organization that leads with such a purpose and a mission of diversity and equality? Oh my gosh, I couldn't be prouder, right? In the sense of the company really walks the talk. Excuse me, Mordecai. I feel like in terms of how we as employees are treated, it starts with the employee experience. As as we know, happy employees make for happy customers. And especially during this pandemic, the company has really risen to tremendous heights and is leading the way for how to help people get through this incredibly uncertain times and and the investment that they make in our uh, well-being, not just emotionally, but financial well-being, emotional well-being, flexibility, um, investing in our upskilling and growth career opportunities that there's no shortage of how the company takes care of you and that's that's really testament to why i've been there for 12 years i mean it's unimaginable in the valley for anyone to be at one company for 12 years and i often say until they walk me to the door i don't see myself leaving because i've been able to have so many careers within the four four walls of adobe within the 12 years i haven't had to leave most people leave because they want to do something different or they're looking for a promotion opportunity that they can't get where they are. And that just hasn't been the case for me and for many others, because you're able to reinvent and move around and do whatever it is that your heart can imagine. Right. So I love that. I love that answer because it really, like, like you said, there's so, it's so rare nowadays, even in the last couple of years that people stay at a company for more than two, three, maybe five years at most. And now you're, you've been there for 12 years, which is remarkable. And, you know, Adobe obviously clearly is investing in it. And you mentioned something to me that was my, actually my next question for you. What is, why is it that, why is employee advocacy, you know, especially important these days? And what can brands and companies learn from, from Adobe and how they're doing it right? So that way they can move in the future when things kind of get, quote unquote, back to normal, whatever that means. What can they learn from what the way, you know, at least your experience, obviously not every experience might be the best, but at least your, what, what can you learn from, what can they learn from the way Adobe has been doing it and approaching it? 
Yeah, well, so we're, we're not tone deaf, right? First and foremost, the company is very sensitive to what's going on right now. And everybody goes through it in different phases. And it's not a one size fits all. So most people think of employee advocacy, Mordecai, as simply asking your employees to promote things on social media. And that is the least of our worries, right? As we help people get through this pandemic, we're really wanting to make sure that they that they are being satisfied for that emotional connection that they're looking for. So we're connecting people to one another. We're giving them opportunities to distract themselves, to entertain themselves, to um, use the time to upskill and grow professionally. So we're really attacking it from the standpoint of what's in it for the employee and everything else is kind of gravy. Um, and, and just really making sure that through investing with employees, then they naturally want to do these, some of these other things that are beneficial for the company, right? When you feel taken care of, similar to the um, influencers, I really believe that a good part of why you all are so engaged and are so loyal and willing to do so much is because you genuinely feel cared for and like Adobe has your back, which we do. Right, and so it's when you make that kind of investment in people that they are willing to give you back in spades. And so that's what I would say Adobe is doing well and doing differently, which is 100% investing in the employee and trying to figure out what, what they need and how we can serve that. And everything else is kind of coincidental. I'll be yeah. honest, you know, I, I even like the fact that the other, you know, right during, the, even do, during Adobe Max, you even gave out some coloring books for our lovely, um, for the lovely influencers, but everyone in general, you gave out you know some cool things to people to keep their time occupy their time, which were created by people yeah. or users themselves. But it just just like the idea of being able to for a company that looks at every component, whether it's the person themselves or the team or the group, whatever it is, and says, what can we do to make sure that they're you know occupied and and, and feeling you know taken care of, like you said. I just like that idea so right. much. So you you mentioned you were recently quoted uh, at, at top by Top Ranker uh, that you say I often start my discovery conversations with influencers by finding out what really makes their heart sing, what does success look like to them. So what kind yeah. of skills? I mean, people have, have asked me in the last three months, how did I get this? How did I come about? I'm not going to give them the whole backstory because that's not fun. Uh, but um, how is it that you you know you? How is it that you look through, you know, what do you do to identify influencers or what is it that you're looking for, or not only you, but as Adobe as a whole, as representative of Adobe for influencers and what could companies, brands learn about that process that really, uh, that could put their, you know, whether it's brand advocacy or influencer marketing, you know, in a different light. Right. So we, we start with what it, what business are we trying to solicit the influencers for? So Mordecai, in your case, you're part of the influencer group for the digital experience business. And there are pillars of messaging and narratives that are important to this side of the business, namely customer experience management, digital transformation, and the relationship between CMOs and CIOs. Um, right, so those kind of things. So then when we look for influencers, we're looking for influencers who are subject matter experts in those areas who are talking passionately and in a uh, knowledgeable way, right, about those things who clearly have influence in those areas. And so 
you, you know, those are the table stakes that you know what you're talking about, that what you're talking about matters to Adobe, and that you are absolutely positively swaying people in those areas, right? Once that's established, that's like table stakes. Once that's established, then people like me come in and say, hey, are these good people, right? Are, are these good people? And for me specifically, one of my filters is, is this a person that I would actually invite into my home? Would I expose this person to my four children, right? If you pass that test, <clears throat> excuse me, then that shows me you, you're a good cultural fit, right? You, you not only have all the social footprint and the rele relevance and resonance and reach and all these other things that wonderful influencer identification tools will identify, but then it's a matter of, are you, do you match the tone and the voice and the brand of the company? And in many cases, many of you are referred by one another, right? You came, you came on my radar, Mordecai, but because of people like Ross and others who said, hey, you should check out this guy, right? So I, I take that very, very seriously because again, this, this is my cabinet of advisors and they're dear friends. So if somebody in that group tells me you should look at so-and-so, you better believe I'm going to go look at that person. I love that idea. First of all, I like the idea that you start with the pillars of the organization and then you slowly work into the, you know, you kind of take, uncover the layers or kind of peel back the layers a little bit and say, okay, now that we know the pillars, what, where are the people that we can find them, identify some of them, and then slowly, slowly get the referrals from that same group and find out that they're passionate about it, knowledgeable about it, uh, and, then, and, then over, and then overlay that with a personal, make sure that the relationship is a good fit because sometimes we've had, everyone's had those experiences where the relationship is not a good fit. So I love that, you know, that point where you're saying is it's, you know, pillars with company, you know, culture with personal fit and they all kind of, how they all put overlap. I think it's a, it's a great, it's a great model. Somebody could be, be excellent at what they do. And if they're not a good cultural fit, it's all for naught. Right. Right. Because there's, there's, there's a ton of digital marketing experts out there. They're not all Adobe insiders for a very valid reason, right? they don't we're not a good fit for everybody so absolutely and so when you mentioned you know you said that not everyone's a good fit and you the idea that you know we really want to make sure that they're passionate about it and they have these you know positive statements about whether their field and also their you know whether it's their field of expertise whether it's with you know the genre of, or the culture that the company is trying to promote you know, if anyone has to be, if anyone represents positivity and passionate, passionate statements, it's you, because I've seen nothing on your, you know, on your feed or anything that I've ever heard you say has been negative in any way, shape or form. Um, you know, at least the way I see it. And you're just like, you know, oozing with positivity. So what is it, you know, you've mentioned several times and I've, I've also watched your, you know, your passionate speech from, I think it was last year's Adobe conference. Was it last year? Yeah, our Adobe for All conference, right? So last year, I mean, I saw it several times. I've been reading, watching it, and I've been watching, you know, repeating it because I just think it's such a passionate statement. What is it about that, you know, you've, at least the way I came up and understood the, you know, the summarize that I have to say is like, when one's life is all about translating constraint into a beautiful uh, constraint, into a beautiful constraint, the wisdom emerges. Meaning, 
you know, you kind of take, take, you know, lemons and turn it into lemonade and you kind of make the best out of the situation. And that was basically your entire speech, which I think was like, you know, seven or 10 minutes long into that situation. What is it about that? I mean, you know, you have, your, you, you led your life in a certain way and obviously with positivity, what is it about that, you know, that mindset that just, you know, leads you, that you lead with? Well, positivity and knowing that you can do anything you put your mind to, it's just a happy way of being, right? I selfishly want to be happy. And so I, and I know happiness comes from within. Sure, other people can contribute to happiness, but I, I am a firm believer that happiness comes from within and the, one of the best ways for me to be the happiest and therefore be the be of most service to most people, especially my family, is if I have my head screwed on right, right? And so I absolutely look at life as half full and with gratitude and it just, it served me really well, right? Because not only does it make me happy, it attracts happy things to me, right? And it attracts happy people to me. And so it's just a virtuous cycle. And when it, as, as with anything in life, Mordecai, when things work, you do more of it, right? So I started out uh, with my parents encouraging me and almost insisting that this was the only way, of, way to be. And then when I saw that it worked and good things were happening, I did more of it. So it just became this virtuous cycle. Yeah. I love it. So the you know my po the podcast that I kind of focus on and the people I, I bring on are usually people who are either entrepreneurs or people who are working in the marketing field, and you know I always talk about how empathy kind of drives the you know at least today in the digital economy and in, you know in almost anything in today's day and age, empathy is really the driving force. So my question for you is how does Adobe and your role with Adobe as a whole as well as working with influencers. How does empathy kind of play into the different, you know, layers, whether it's working with influencers directly, working with your team, working as, as, as representative of Adobe as a whole, how does empathy play into that, you know, you know, uh, scene? Oh, empathy is everything, Mordecai. It's, it's the secret sauce to be able to walk in the shoes of somebody else, or at least have a curious enough mind to ask very detailed questions of what is it like? to be you, how do you see the world, work and I specifically, and how can we as a company support you in getting to wherever you're going? It takes oodles of empathy. And uh, empathy is what really connects us as human beings, right? And so I, I would say it starts and ends with empathy, for sure. And, and what is that, how does that play out when you're talking about uh, besides on the advocacy or the employee advocacy or the influencer marketing side, how does that play out with uh, on the Adobe side or like from like a brand perspective? Well, from the brand perspective, um, the brand is about serving the world, right? Like when I think about the impact Adobe is making on the world, they are using empathy um, to construct experiences, right? And have that emotional connection. Um, and so I, I would say that's really, that's really what it is. Yep. I, I, I actually saw that. I mean, now that you mentioned it, you kind of call it, talked about the constructing experiences. 
I remember seeing it like and hearing it. I, I mentioned it to you on the side or, you know, quietly. I mentioned to you that I've listened to the, you know, the chief product officer, of course, his name is blank, I'm blanking out on it, of course. Um, yes, I, I, Belsky. What's that? Scott Belsky. Scott Belsky, right. Uh, I mentioned several times to you that I've listened to his, you know, his passionate speech about how he, you know, delivered the the new and and even despite the challenges of today's day and age, and also the C CEO's, you know, passionate. Several times he's, he's passionately delivered like a conversation and a and a an experience despite what was going on, and you know you you got it right that you're saying is even at the time when we're really having challenges around us, the organization and the company have really viewed it as saying is, well, we know what's the challenge. So a couple of months ago when you, when Adobe said, okay, we're gonna turn our entire conference, I guess our entire conference into a digital conference and open it to everyone. And then you did it again, just with Adobe Max. And you're just saying is, well, let's just flip the entire conversation on its head because we realize that this is where our, our audience and our, and the people that would attend our conferences need to be and where they are. So it's putting them back on Right. It. And I just, I found that to be, now that you mentioned it as like empathy as a way to construct experiences, now that I think about it, it puts that back into like the, the mindset of looking at it from there and looking for, starting from that point, and then you create and you look, work um, towards both the, your Adobe, you know, your Adobe, for Adobe conference, which was like two months ago, September, I think it was. Yeah. Right, and then this one, which I found to be that's obviously much more product-based versus one which is much more, um, you know, kind of overarching. Right, right, right. So <clears throat> the point is meet people where they're at. Right, right, and you know have a sense of what people are going through, and and uh, construct experiences accordingly versus just say here is who I am as the company. I'm going to do whatever despite what people need, right? There are a lot of companies that do it that way. And I would challenge that and say that really doesn't bode well, right? If you're not willing to pivot and if you're not willing to um, pivot and meet people where they're at and be sensitive to your current landscape, you're going to constantly be fighting what's happening versus serving and being an answer to, to the problems in front of you. Love it. So now my question, I'm going to put, putting that question, putting that as my my uh, starting point, you mentioned that you, you would love this question that someone asked you on a recent podcast, and I'm going to put it back to you in a, in a, in a different, in a similar yet uh, different ma manner. You asked, you were asked once, uh, who influences you? And you have so many different people that influence you. But I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. I know that has different angles and every person has different you know, influences for different components of their lives. But professionally, let's talk at least talk professionally. Personally, that might be something else. But professionally, there must be people that you say, wow, that's like the next level for me. Those are the people that I would you know, strive to, whether it's to hear from, uh, learn from more, whatever the case may be. Who are those people for you? You know, I had a manager, Mordecai, about, let's see, maybe seven years ago. She was the VP of content and community and literally sucked the living bone marrow out of me. I mean, I thought I was going to die every day on the job just because her expectations were just out of this world. 
And she pushed me and pushed me and groomed me and refined me. And I am everything I am because of her and her knowledge and her um, just sheer force, right? She is the force of nature. And I just, I, I have such gratitude and I've learned so much and she retired. And I thought, somebody cut the heart out of me because I was not done learning. And so she is someone that I'm still dear friends with, someone I learn from every time we interact and just observing her and the way she lives her life and the way she leads. And yeah, so that that's someone that I, I look up to tremendously. And then, then there are leaders that I'm a little bit more removed from um, at work and, and in the industry that I have huge amounts of respect for. But here was someone who was just in my day-to-day -day work who just made me so exponentially better because of her expectations. People live up to your lowest expectations. Right. And she had, you know, otherworldly expectations of me. I love that. I think that's really, I think that really put it, puts people at a different level when you start, you know, pushing them higher and higher, as opposed to saying, oh, sorry, as opposed to saying, well, we hired you to do X and therefore you're just, you're just, a, you know, another cog in the wheel, but rather we're looking at you and saying is we hire you to do X and, but we really think you could do X plus, you know, X times a thousand or whatever it is. And then they just keep on pushing you because right. you see the potential. Exactly right. It's not fun when you're going through it, but right. boy, I am so, so grateful for it. So my last question for you, or like two, two more questions. One more, one of my questions that for you is you, you were once, one, when I shared one of my uh, recent podcasts, you said is be brief, be brilliant and be gone. That's your famous, yes. one of your statements. Where did that come from and how did that come about? Well, somebody much more brilliant than me said it, I'm not sure who, but it's part of when you take those um, Myers-Briggs tests and you know you get the different colors. Uh, I'm a raging red, Mordecai, you know, whether I'm in conflict or not. I, I as much as, as empathetic as I like to think I am and as much as I enjoy people, I like to get in and get out, right? Life is short and there's, seven billion people in the world to interact with. And so I'm very, very um, frugal with my time. And I expect people to respect my time and I will respect yours. And so, um, you know, I think being brief and being brilliant and being gone, being brilliant at least is a talent and being brief is even more of a talent. And, you know, people who know when to leave, that's very few people know when to leave and so that that's kind I won't of get it. I, won't do, I won't go into politics on that one a lot of the time that's right <laughs> sorry that's right. I, had, I had to throw that in there um okay my last question i always ask this question at the end because i like people to uh, speaking of being briefing being you know being quick and being gone and being on point you know first of all i really appreciate your time because i know that every person's time is valuable but especially when we're talking about uh you know eight o'clock in the morning monday morning there's you know lots of things going on at the beginning of the new week, so I really appreciate your time. So thank you. Um, Absolutely. 
But my last question I always ask people is, you know, when, when Ron Imani is not doing, working with Adobe and leading a global team of influencers and working with their employee advocacy, you know, internally, what does Ron Imani do, enjoy doing besides, you know, yes, being with their family, her family, but what is it like, you know, what is it that she enjoys doing on the day to day when, you know, just to relax, to hang out? What is it? Yeah, so Mordecai, reading, I'm an avid reader, which is why I am a kid in a candy shop as I look at your beautiful books back there. So reading and listening to soulful music and in a non-pandemic world, traveling. Uh, my bucket list is to visit the seven modern and uh, ancient wonders of the world. So many, many wonders to still visit. Um, so, and eating, let's not forget eating. I am a huge connoisseur of amazing food. Awesome. So I'm gonna ask you now, now that you've, you've opened up the door, I'm gonna ask you two quick questions. Your favorite book that you read recently, and if you can name your top three places that you visited uh, in the last, obviously pre-pandemic, where were the top three places that you visited? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so recently, um, my most favorite book is by Marie Forleo. It's called Everything is Figureoutable and very much in line with how I approach life. To me, everything is a conditional yes and there's nothing you can ask me that I will tell you that I cannot do. If I want to do it badly enough, I will figure it out, right? So everything is figureoutable. And then my most favorite places that I have visited pre pandemic. Well, India, uh, my homeland, though I was born and raised here in the States, I was um, raised by my grandmother till I was five in India. And I have gone back, you know, almost annually for the last, for, for my entire life. So India, um, Thailand, Thailand, um, just magical, and Jamaica. That's, that's actually quite, I mean, India and Thailand are kind of have some sort of relatable experiences overlapping, but Jamaica is a unique one. Um, I can honestly Jamaica, say, I, I, I haven't been years. to any, either of those three, but uh, any of those three actually, but those are great. Yeah. I love them. I'm gonna, actually, wonderful. Thailand is on my bucket list to be, uh, we were supposed to go in this past June. So yeah, so I'm on, it's on my list. Um, yeah, no, I recommend all three. Jamaica though, Jamaica has a very different vibe to it. I, I spent a year there studying and doing, as an undergrad in psychology, you have to do a certain amount of field hours to graduate. And so my field hours was at the Jamaican YMCA, working with students and boy, again, you know, criminal to think that you can get to get a degree for being in Jamaica, working at the <laughs> YMCA. <laughs> Hopefully that's what, this audience can get out of this conversation. Mordecai, you can really construct a magical life. And if you do things on purpose and by design and with a lot of grace from the higher powers, right? Like things just, I, they're often, I think about my life and the things I have been able to do and the things I plan to do. And I'm like, how, how is this even possible, right? Like how do these things even happen? And so all this to say, it can happen, it is happening, and it's available to all of us, right? It's a mindset, it's, it's about how you lead your life. I love that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna end the conversation with that kind of statement of positivity that just continues to 
you know, shine through the digital worlds of our conversation, which is basically, like you said, is it always just have to be more, you know, deliberate and focused and concentrated, like you said, and allows us to really, you know, move toward, move, move and progress through life in a very positive way, because we're just always saying is we can do this and, you know, anyone can do the things that they put their mind to it. So I love that as a great uh, way to end the conversation. And I love that way that it's just, uh, you know, you really, the, from the limited, limited amount of time that I've known you, I, I've been inspired by that, you know, kind of approach to the life. And it really helps uh, me at least, and I'm sure it helps everyone here listening that you can just look at these things in such a positive way. So I appreciate your time. So thank you so much, Ronnie, for that. And thank you for you bet. Thank you for having me. Have a wonderful week. Thank you. Be sure to sign up for the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. And remember, the next time you're doing business in the digital economy, make sure to empathize it.